Okay, hello everyone. Um, welcome to the Human Library Podcast, um, episode one. Okay, before we start, I would like to actually thank you both for starting this. It's going to be a, an amazing roller coaster trip. So yes, sir. Excited. Yeah, excited, excited. Um, so as you heard, yeah, this is episode one. This is our first try. And for the topic that we decided to go with is self-sabotage. Um, I believe the three of us have it like close in our heart. Um, we actually believe everyone in a certain way has experienced this. So we decided to go with it. Um, especially because of the podcast that we are actually doing right now. So I think we want to start with a little bit of our self-experience of how this important topic like was in a certain in a, in a certain aspect like in our way before we started this project um so i think i would like um Medi to start with this and we'll move forward from there guys yeah sure so i think we all have like a kind of backstory about self-sabotage but it's going to be more relevant to talk about our self-sabotage regarding the podcast because this is the first episode right so um I had this idea of starting the podcast since 2017. If you guys know Matt Diavella, he's like a famous YouTuber. He's a content creator and he has this ground up show. And I used to watch this podcast and it was insane for me. Like the visuals were amazing. He's a video maker, so the lighting was good. I'm sure the lighting is not good today, but we want to emphasize on the shadow. So we're just keeping it like this. Um, but I wanted to start and I was self-sabotaging myself, basically. I said that I cannot start it without, you know, having three cameras, one wide angle, the other one is zooming on the guest, the other one is zooming on me. And um, I need to have like good visuals, I need to have soft boxes, I need to have like everything really well set to start. And that was basically just an excuse. Because I got this equipment, I think, two years ago. So two years ago, I was really to start but I was always like blaming something well not in a good mood now or I need more knowledge I need to read more books um, but then just recently when I started having this idea I felt finally like that I was sabotaging myself and also because I read about self-sabotage so I was like okay what's the worst thing that can happen like literally nothing I can start a project if it fails it fails it's fine but it's something that I want to do. So then I thought about, I was also questioning, should I do it in Arabic? Because that's my native language. And I was self-sabotaging myself when it comes to English. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be delivering well because it's not my native language. So um, I discussed this with Aslan in the beginning. And um, I asked him, okay, would you be down to do the podcast? Because we normally just have cafe conversations about the same yeah. topics that mm -hmm. we're having in the podcast so um he was down in the beginning and then i believe that he started self-sabotaging himself so he said dude i'm not feeling it like i don't know maybe he's gonna expand on that afterwards yeah. but this happened and then i reached out to you and i was like dude like i enjoy having conversations with you would we would you be down you said yeah and then he showed up again and he said that 
he was basically making excuses, which again, he's going to expand on that. And uh, yeah, then we agreed to start the podcast. So that's also a good um, backstory for the listeners to know about this podcast and how we started having this idea, because basically we just enjoy having conversations with ourselves. And that's something we would like to share with the audience as well. So gonna yeah, give it's, it to you. Yeah, um, it's like a very... Um kind of an interesting convoluted story like the way that this thing started but i mean i like it it's like also for the first episode it's really i think like kind of cool that mm -hmm. actually it's it intersects a lot with with self-sabotage because like in my case it was um i don't know i think with with, with self-sabotage i was i was not obviously i just realized it today actually because uh, we were thinking okay like how do we start this so that people can mm -hmm. easily relate to this and and I was thinking like, oh, but I actually have a story as well because I was self-sabotaging myself as well because um, I was thinking like initially, because initially I was in, I was actually like, okay, let's do it. I'm in, I like the idea. But then I was also kind of, then I was, I got kind of hesitant and, and the thoughts, the thing about self-sabotage, like I think everyone's familiar with this, is like the thoughts that feed self-sabotage are like, they can be anything. It could be like, completely unrelated things to, to the actual problem that you're having right the self-sabotaging behavior so you never really know the root of it it's more like I was thinking like okay like will it be worth it or will it be good like how are we gonna do it like the logistics of it right you mm. start thinking about and I guess it was similar for you right like yeah, you start yeah. thinking about all these little details yeah. instead of yeah, just like doing it. It's it's, it's kind of like, like I don't like my haircut today. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's like very. Um, I think it's rooted in like some kind of this. Well, depends on the people. But like more or less, I think everyone has this like this perfectionist attitude or mm -hmm. fear of like um, uncertainty. You're like you're you're just like when because when you open yourself up to like a project like this or really any project there's always like uncertainty and if you're yeah. dealing with another person or anything then there comes this moment where you're like like i cannot control this like everything here or like it it could go either way and then and then those thoughts come in that you start like justifying to yourself why you shouldn't do it which i think kind of is like how self-sabotage functions basically and, mm -hmm. and we're gonna go back to this we're gonna go back to this afterwards yeah. But we want to also hear Adriano's yeah. uh, backstory about self-sabotage. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I just wanted to add a little bit on that as well. That also, I think we're always waiting for the right time, but there's no, like... There is no right time. There is no right time, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, in my case, I think it was a little bit different because when actually Medi reached out, um, like I said, like, let me think about it, you know, because... I was like, man, you already have like two jobs. You're doing like a bunch of like other things. Like, I don't know, exercise, go to the gym, read, meditate, um, you know, like trying to pile your life together on your free time. Like I have a girlfriend for you understand what that means sometimes, but like, um, you know, so good example. Yeah. But that was the same thing. I was just like making excuses I'm just like. Hey, it's because it, this will saturate your time. This is going to be like so energy draining. This is going to be like too much for you, man. And it was like, dude, it's like a very cool project. 
Mm-hmm. And the same, like the same thing came out of my mind. Actually, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was in the toilet. I was like, you know, like Jesus, tomorrow is the first day, and I got a little <laughs> bit nervous. I was like, what if I fuck up? What if I like, you know, I didn't do my research properly, or what if it, this is too much? You know, like what's gonna happen from here? And then it was like, you know, I I, exp- I told this to Annie, and then she was like, dude, just chill. Like you like this, I'm pretty sure that the three of you are like in the same level of this, like, you know, like with sweaty palms and kind of shit, but like, you're going to make it work. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, the simple, like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. And I guess the three of us are here now. (laughs) So this is cool. I think also self-sabotage was a perfect topic to start with because during the whole week I was doing research about self-sabotage and that was self-sabotaging myself about the podcast as well. So I was thinking about it and then reminding myself whenever I do the research. Yeah. So it was it was a good, I don't know, it was an interesting experience to be dealing with yourself. Like, okay, you're trying to educate the audience about a specific topic that you're dealing with as well. So it's like, we're not self-experts. We're still trying to overcome the self-sabotage because it's ingrained in us, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think this is actually a very like good like step forward for us, for the three mm-hmm. of us, because it's something that we're like very um, passionate about, like the entire project of itself. But of course, one of the first like steps that we need to take is to like, it's like in ourselves to get the, not only, not the confidence to understand why we're just like pushing it back, you know? So this topic is very, mm-hmm. like very, very awesome. Um, so I think, I think it's time to start talking a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pass this amazing mic to Aslan. Um, I'm not going to even do an intro. He's going to just do his thing guys. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, we can start with, with the definition of self-sabotage because it's, 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 you know, it's like an interesting thing where. It's like, uh, it's very hard to define it as well, I think. We've been kind of hinting at it. I mean, a lot of people probably already on an instinctual level probably have a good understanding of what we mean. I mean, like this saboteur personality, like (laughs) what is sabotage, right? Like, I mean, like traditionally you think of the definition of it, it's like someone who would basically hinder uh, like uh, another person's success right like or like another like whatever it may be right it could be a company or um it's like um you know you're a saboteur right you you stop things from going the way they're supposed to go mm-hmm. that's kind of the definition of it and and i think like historically actually it, it comes from people who um who would um i think it was during the industrial revolution where they would um sabots like i think it's it's like a shoe that actually they would throw into the machine to to clog like stop it from functioning so that's kind of like the sabotage where it comes from like with the shoe they wouldn't get paid either yeah 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 it was like self-hurting yeah 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 Yeah, exactly um so like this and then obviously yeah like the self-sabotage is like you doing it to yourself obviously so um it's basically like thinking of it like the basic way is like any kind of behavior that would hinder your success or prevent you from reaching your goals whatever they may be yeah um that's kind of yeah but the tricky concept about it is that okay like it sounds easy that you say someone is stopping themselves but the problem is they're not aware that they're stopping themselves 
that was the question I was going to say is like, are they actually conscious of this type of behavior they have, or is like, I don't know, something within themselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is where we get into the whole, like the subconscious or as Jung, Carl Jung, the Swiss psychologist would refer to it like uh, unconscious, which is a semantic thing, but subconscious, unconscious behaviors and patterns that we all have. Um, and obviously like I, it would be useful for to define for people who don't know mm -hmm. what we mean by unconscious it's it's you know we, people go through life like since you're born since your childhood and there's always too much in the world for you to actually consciously notice and to consciously process and it's only natural that there are things that go on like unnoticed right and Obviously, I think people by default assume that those things just disappear, but they don't. Dis it's impossible, right? Like y your y your brain receives info and it has to be stored somewhere, has to go somewhere, right? And it goes into unconscious, right? Even things that you forget, things that, and then obviously, like there are different categories of things that people have that goes into the subconscious. It's you know like things that you forget, as simple as that, or suppressed thoughts, right? Things you don't want to think about they go into the unconscious. Um, so the self, like a big part of self-sabotage obviously is like not knowing that you're doing it, but how could it be, right? Like that you're not knowing that you're doing it well because you have certain um, dynamics in your unconscious that are manifesting themselves. And um, I mean, in, 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 in Jungian, it, looking at it through the Jungian way, I mean, the big part of it is also is looking at like your childhood also, this is kind of um, generally psychoanalytic way of looking at it as well, um, where, you know, the big part of it is like the complex issue, like the paternal complexes mm. that people have. So, um, you know, you're going through your childhood and you have, let's say, a parent who is a bit distant or a parent who um, is a bit too critical mm -hmm. of you. And then what children do is it's kind of like... Um, like internalization of certain things. So as a child, you, um, let's say you, you, you have this distance between your parent and you, you know, because a, a child just wants love and a child just wants to connect with the parent. But when there's this distance, the child basically has this ideal image of the parent in their head. And then there's the reality of it, right? So they have to work up to fill that gap somehow, right? So, and this is where this, 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 this thinking already comes where um, the child, obviously the parent is also too powerful. Mm -hmm. Like as a child, your parent is like your brain unconsciously understands that your parent, it like th they cannot do bad things to you. Like this is your parent. It's too, too, you're too dependent on your parent. So the parent can't be a problem. Right, that's the thing. You yeah. are the problem. Yeah, that's right. I and think that's the most the important beginning. point. Uh, like for for kids, for example, or like as a child, you don't think about this figure that you mirrored to learn how to walk or like how to behave, that they're gonna be the wrong figure. Yeah, and you're not rational enough to understand their motives behind behaving in a certain way. So you just not even assume. You believe that you're not worthy of the love that you're not getting from them you're not good enough so you, yeah obviously like the, the, these thoughts that you have as a child then that i'm not good enough so i have to do this this to be a good girl to be a good boy 
and then you grow up and then these internalized thoughts they continue basically if you don't notice them obviously you're going to have these same patterns repeating in your life where people would be um i don't know changing jobs often it can manifest mm -hmm, in so mm -hmm, many ways mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. you're just constantly looking for ways it's it's like this pattern of like trying again and again and again you know it's like expecting a different outcome almost mm -hmm. um so that's how it, it 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 manifests itself unconsciously um also like a, a huge thing is like the self-deprecation thing where mm -hmm. people um um you know it, it's like very benign but like people can put themselves down in super easy like simple ways like oh you know like oh that's just me i'm clumsy or like i'm a gemini i, I can't I help it yeah 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 i like that's that's what i do you know but like it's very simple but it's almost like this kind of um it's 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 partly rooted in in this 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 yeah, it's, it's a belief self-loathing yeah, self-hatred yeah, yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah. like because um, it also grows with you right yeah like when you grow with life everything that you're just putting behind it grows with you at the same time but you are not noticing it mm -hmm. it's just like there in the corner and this is very like like what you were saying with the patterns like if you don't realize the patterns that you're doing that you're living that every day like becomes a habit becomes this type of like um well behavior it becomes you and if you don't realize it you will never know the root from where it's coming from you're gonna yeah. be like why am i like this you know like always like like i know what i have to do but i never do it you know it's like kind of an like for example I'm going to involve, of course, substances in this. Mm -hmm. Let's just say like an alcoholic, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, someone that's like, I need to be sober. It's like, okay, well, you know what to do? Yes. And then gets wasted 10 mm -hmm. minutes afterwards. And you're like, but man, why? It's like, I don't know. But there's something in there. You know, yeah. The self yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's worth mentioning that resistance is really important in that subject of self-sabotage because one of the first stages is actually to be aware that you're self-sabotaging yourself. But also it's not the, like, it's not, well, it's not the easiest stage, but what comes afterwards is super difficult as well. Cause it's like you're, um, you're giving up a part of you, which is super difficult. You become resistant to letting go. Like sometimes you might discover that this person like betrayed you or like, I don't know, did something bad to you, but you're so resistant to letting go that you go through this negotiation phase of like, okay maybe it was me maybe it was not even though like you're super rational about stuff but just the fact that you should let go or um you have to give up on something it's super difficult for all of us because we have a lot of rooted or ingrained traits in us yeah and and a huge part of this also is with drinking you said i i thought about like the like there's this thing called like discharging behavior where if you have this dynamic happening, self-loathing dynamic, you're basically like all of this is constantly happening in your daily life. Like the, um, like let's say overthinking or like this, this, this unconscious dynamic. So it's like almost like energy that's getting built up inside of you, yeah. right? Of self-hatred, self-loathing, like all these doubts. And then different people manifest it differently. Yeah. The, the, mm -hmm. the, the discharge behavior. Mm -hmm. So I know people would like, you know, some people who do, and it's, it could be like simple thing that you mess up, you fuck up. Like it could be like, 
uh, you get like a you know driving ticket or something right like and then you come home and like beat yourself like slap yourself like fuck like <laughs> yeah. what is wrong with me you know like it's like and if and also it's like um for people who have um you know culturally as well like for women for example there are let's say um uh unrealistic expectations for women in society right yeah, let's say mm. to reach up to live up to a certain standard beauty standards beauty standards you know? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and they can be internalized as well where it becomes self-loathing self like i'm not like living up to the standard yeah and a lot of them can have certain discharge behaviors and the common one is like promiscuous like being yeah. over promiscuous mm. it's almost like you're looking for ways to validate that you're good enough right like so it could be so many different and, and drinking also is a part yeah. of this mm -hmm. where yeah it's 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 a way to well obviously it's like a way to shut down the voices like the the numbing down exactly. that's yeah exactly yeah um, i want to mention something about the repression of traits initially because all of these things that you mentioned like we go through some stuff in life and we have to throw many things to the void and not deal with them, but then they manifest as shadow aspects. And basically just to explain what is the shadow in the Jungian philosophy, it's, it's oftenly like understood as your negative side, but it's not actually your negative side. It's a dark, let's say a container in which you put all your childhood traumas or all the bad events that you had in life or basically the unpleasant traits that were not accepted by your parents or not accepted by society or also from your own experience stuff that maybe they're good and uh, well we cannot define what's good or wrong now so. maybe we're gonna leave this to another um, topic but basically from your experience if you do something as I said even though it's good but you suffered in the way like, I don't know, you're just being funny, but you're punished because you're being funny, then it's going to be an unpleasant trait, right? And most of these traits, they, um, or let me just quote Carl Jung here. He says, it frequently happens that unconscious motives overrule our conscious decisions, especially in matters of vital importance. So you can see someone as really calm person, super reserved, and you're like, oh shit, this guy is unshakable. But then in a certain critical moment in which like you see him a bit stressed or something, he can react in a bad way, be a bit aggressive. And some people can just like, oh, we never know that this guy is like this. But no, actually he was repressing a lot of um, unpleasant traits and then it manifests themselves in these decisions. Like they're not super conscious that they're reacting this way but also it's one of the first um, steps to understand that you have some shadow aspects that you need to work on yeah. is through this pain of like i don't know it sounds bad but maybe we've all done mistakes sometimes like you can hurt people or sometimes you can hurt yourself without knowing but once you start going through the pain and you do a kind of self-assessment to yourself you understand that okay this happened because of this like I was aggressive because I took this personally and I took it personally because of this. And you start understanding the roots behind your shadow aspects. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, 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 the shadow is such a big part of it. I mean, also like what I like, um, like I have to use as a metaphor for this is like the idea of the centipede, 
it's it's very cool because it's like um yeah we're 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 touching on on so many different topics and so many different things it's almost like the centipede with multiple legs like many legs that goes into different parts of your being in, in in general right like your 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 whole body and your your mind um and i think the the big part of it also is like the the idea with the mm, with this inner voice in your head that's almost like um like your ego which is your conscious self like mm -hmm. yourself your ego has to be strong enough to be able to combat this essentially right like the, the the inner voice in your head is overpowering you so it's there's a good really good fairy tale that i found like during my research i stumbled upon it's um the the grim's tale uh it's like fairy tale and it's it's like um it's about a princess who well i'll just summarize it really shortly but it's a princess <laughs> that's going to be wed um, mm -hmm. to meet another king like a for like a neighboring king and well she's sent there by herself with the maid and the maid is well the maid is supposed to serve the the princess right and, and then the first thing that the well princess says go fetch me some water and then the maid says no you can go do it yourself go go fetch your own water yeah. right and so you have this pattern now during their trip this maid is slowly taking over the princess and by the time they get to the king they actually switch places in the, the story so the maid is like a presents herself as the princess and the princess is the maid so it's it's well it's a really good example of this because this the the maid in this case is the the inner voice in your head it's just personified basically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's personified as well it, in this case it's a maid but it could be really anything that in your life would it could be different things with different people could it be that it's a maid because literally this voice is supposed to serve you as a, as a person. Use the mic, Adriano, please. Sorry, sorry. No, <laughs> what, what I mean is, do you think like it was personified as a maid because the whole purpose of the mind that is a tool for us is to make the mind serve us and not the other way around? You know, when you become like a slave of your, like you embody the slaveness of your own thoughts, that's when this is like, you realize that every action that you make is not even like, something that you want to or is beneficial for you hmm. so it like maybe it, it steps a little bit more of a self-saboteur you know because it becomes literally like it's not on the only actions to self-sabotage you it's literally to destroy you you know what i mean like i don't know just thinking about the story that you heard like made me think about this so maybe that's why it was like personified as a maid yeah no i mean the the for sure i mean the, these like these um inner images in union psychology like a lot of the like that's what i really like about it is um a lot of the things are person like put into image personified yeah. that's why like in you can also go into archetypal imagery where this voice can be a witch like a witch archetype um and oftentimes i mean when like it's say you would dream you know in your dream about this witch that's like tormenting you or something mm -hmm. Right, it's like the same metaphor manifesting itself, mm -hmm. um, and and the idea is obviously to empower yourself to the point where you can um, you can actually fight this inner voice, right? Like, um, and and obviously in the tale it doesn't end there. So obviously, like eventually the whole thing is this princess trying to 
overpower the maid and it has to end you know in a like victorious way um take back what it was hers yeah exactly um yeah and 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 the and also the the inner voices one thing is like the that i know about like it obviously there are so many different even like personalities inside of us right mm, like it mm, could be yeah. but they also have they, and they have to serve us in a way right like they have to um we have to give the direction like a good a metaphor also is like a king that's on the throne and a king who who doesn't have like and the root of it is like the um not having defined your values or not having set goals for yourself right like who am i what am i trying to do if if you don't have these things you're very very likely to be overpowered by these voices because mm -hmm. if you're unsure of what you want to do or you're unsure of like why you're doing a certain thing then of course these voices it's like imagine if a king that's a weak king right in the courtroom mm -hmm. you have all these people who are supposed to advise the king but then their voices start being over overpowering the king and start taking over and if you replace them with lust or greed or um like Envy. pride yeah all these energies they start instead of like serving you they start like overpowering you controlling, mm. you. controlling you basically so like this is also um a, a huge part of it um yeah that's that's a good example about the king because um well we often talk about self-mastery even though like it's super hard to reach but it's it's exactly the same thing self-mastery is being able to be aware of all your emotions disruptive and constructive emotions and be actually able to um use them for your own benefit the idea is not to, again, throw them to the void, your negative emotions. It's to be aware that they're there and sometimes they happen. And uh, if they happen to be, then you just need to be able to control yourself and act on them in a good way. That's that's how you reach self-mastery. Um, he who masters himself masters the world. There's good stuff. Yeah. It's bars. <laughs> facts, Adriano. Facts. <laughs> Yeah. No, but like, I just wanted to add a little bit on that because it is absolutely true. Um, as you said before, when we were talking about like positive and negative, these are like very difficult things to define mm -hmm. and definitely talking about that in another podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, like um, emotions are emotions. There's no negative emotion. There's no positive emotion. Mm -hmm. It depends how you use them and act upon them. So once you understand that this, let's just categorize it as a negative emotion, you can use it in a good way because it can help you build something amazing it can mm -hmm. help you get over something that has been an impediment all your life so there's we don't have to go like you know white and black all the time especially when it comes to our subconscious when it comes to our behavior when it comes to our way of seeing visualizing the way the path is supposed to be like built up in our fit it's like when you said self-mastery is the same way and i think in the part of the shallow is a beautiful thing that Carl Jung is actually saying, is that we all have this. We mm. all count with these little big things, however you want to see it, but they don't have to be there all the time. And you don't have to just like, you know, oppress them in a certain way. Or it's like, it's because there's this part of my personality which I don't like, but it's your personality. Yeah. Whether Re you like it or not. Repressing them won't solve the problem. And at some point they will just revolt again 
to your conscious mind and if if you have this internal battle of your conscious mind and your shadow aspects if you're not if you're not reaching this level of integrating your shadow that's going to be a problem and i think you want to mention something yeah. about integrating the shadow right yeah i mean i was just like that was adriana thanks that was like a really good way to also bring this to the shadow thing mm -hmm. i like the way you did that and it's like um yeah parts of yourself that you don't want to accept right like yeah. it's, it's like this i think part of the well shadow integration is a pretty big topic that I, we can also talk more deeply about this on, on a whole another episode but like a big part of it in this case is acceptance because the the, the let's say you know you, you it's like the inner voice that's tormenting you about certain things right like for example it could be i mean the, the cra like the craziest and biggest example is um soldiers who go through like you know war right like PTSD, they see their PTSD right, right? Mm, and mm. having their friends die in front of them I mean it's it's and then you have almost these like ghosts right in your head of people you know it's like voices right and then and then at that point it's almost like it you have to there's a there's a moment of acceptance right you have to accept that this is what happened right like you went through this this is and it could be anything that or it could be just on the average person's life you know like mm -hmm. this voice is criticizing you why did you do that like something 10 years ago right you did like why did you do it this way why did you it's like almost like it comes rushing into you right you're sleeping right and it just comes rushing and and at that point you have to like the good thing is like keep saying like i did it yes i did it i did it yes and like don't even like it's not about like i think it's more it's not even about judging it one way or another like moral judgment it's more like yes accepted accepted i did it that's part of me and that's like part of the shadow integration as well and a lot of for a lot of people also shadow integration can be like done through exploring like people say one interesting thing was that because i was interested in shadow integration for for a while and when i came across it it was like such an interesting thing and it was like two three years ago and i was um i ended up asking um some youtuber person is like um he, he would he would read carl Jung's um like books and analyze them it's very old man actually and um and, and one of the things he told me was interesting he said well a good thing is to read carl Jung to integrate your shadow like reading carl Jung by itself already mm. helps you to integrate your shadow it's and it's interesting because it's almost like the, the again this is such a big thing where like doing the simple act of becoming aware right like just become aware of these dynamics or these functions for for or, or for example reading um the laws of power mm. right like mm. the the it, it's such a you you start actually like integrating your shadow by doing that yeah. right in just by reading it because you mm. your subconscious already becomes aware of these things and just being aware is such a huge part of um, integrating your shadow, right? Or let's say um, stopping your self-sabotaging behaviors. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you yeah. want to add anything to that. But No, I just want to mention that we had to um, bring this um, idea of the shadow because this, it needs, it needs a special um, episode to just talk about the shadow. I think it's a, it's a really... Um, not complicated um, topic, but it's very it, deep. 
it's very deep exactly so it needs it needs a lot of time to discuss in it but it's related to the uh, to uh, today's podcast which is um, self-sabotage and actually if you don't have anything else to mention I want to discuss uh, a story about Anton, Anton Chekhov yeah. um, he was uh, a Russian um, writer and he has an interesting story that we can we can have um, a good interpretation or understanding of how self-sabotage works and also how you can change it by changing the way you see things. And what I mean by things, I mean life, how you see people, how you see yourself and how you can change your attitude with no change of your circumstances because we keep blaming our circumstances. We keep saying that, well, we don't have money to do this or I don't have the energy to do this or Again, I'm a Gemini, I can't help it. So you just keep <laughs> bringing excuses to the table. But the good thing about this story is, um, so he, um, Anton, as, as a kid, he was beaten up by his father a lot for no reason. And after every, um, after every experience of like getting beat up for, for no reason, his father would ask him to kiss his hand. And um, he would explain it as it's something needed. Like that's that's how you learn. Like you should you should get this kind of punishment. And his father also used to send him to his um, grocery shop. His father used to drink a lot, so he would go like to bars and stuff. But he would leave his kid in really like um, bad environments with like criminals and stuff like this in this grocery shop late at night when it's super cold. That even he cannot do his homeworks because the ink of his pen would just freeze like it was um they used to live in uh i hope i'm not misspelling it but it's taganrog something like oh yeah that's yeah. very good <laughs> taganrog okay good, yeah good. so they used to live in this in this place right and um it's a place in russia if you don't yeah know. it's if anyone it's doesn't russia. know by the way. <laughs> yeah, by the way. and um so he he used to question himself um a lot if he deserves this beating every day the good thing again the good thing um but like it was the same treatment for for all his brothers so at least he didn't go through this oh maybe it's me like he saw everyone going through the same which made it a little bit fair right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a good thing again at least yeah it's fair. <laughs> yeah but he would he would question this like every day and he would blame his father, of course, of everything that is happening in his life. His mother used to try to protect them, but she didn't have this much power, obviously. Um, but then something interesting happens. So um, because of his father's mismanagement of the grocery shop, um, he had a lot of debt and he couldn't deal with it. Um, some of Anton's brothers had to go to Moscow to study there. So... Um, without any notice to um, Anton's mother, the father just, just left to live with um, their kids. And then his mother had to manage everything with the debt and stuff like this. So she was, um, she was actually counting on someone who was trying to help them. But then no, he was just manipulating her to get all their, like the house and everything they had. So um, also she couldn't afford living there. So she had to go to also live with them in, in Moscow. And Anton stayed 
there and like he was living in a corner of a room like he he had a really bad condition to live in but the good thing that happened to him is that he got detached he's not living in this environment anymore um obviously it didn't happen from the beginning that he started realizing that he's getting detached so at least he's gonna have some time to think about everything that happened in his life he went through depressive cycles in the beginning by him living in like by himself and what i mean by cycles that's probably few days because also the important thing for him was to survive and when you're in this survival mode you cannot provide for yourself and you have to hustle hard you cannot think about the luxurious things of like my feelings or like yeah. my emotions you just need to feed yourself basically so he started working super hard he used to teach i believe and he lived in these um, difficult conditions. But when he started working hard also, and that's worth mentioning because we said that many things are ingrained in us. He used to, um, his father used to tell him that he's lazy the whole time. And when he started working hard, even though he's working hard, he started doubting himself. Like maybe I'm, I'm, I'm lazy and I should work more. So it was like a belief that it's ingrained um, in him. So then something happened, like he started reading a lot of stories and he had this, well, Maslow um, would, would call it the peak experience, but in which you, um, you just have this realization. We cannot say out of nowhere, but it happens one day, like one day you just wake up and you feel like doing something. Well, he had this realization that his father is a character in a story and he cannot keep blaming him his whole life and he needs to set himself free. So he also did some research about the whole story of the Chekhovs and he discovers that they were, well, not the typical idea of slave, but they were slaves um, in the Russian community. They have like different types of slavery basically. And this type is like, you need to work for the rest of, the, of, of your life. Um, it sounds like uh, modern slavery. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so you have, yeah, <laughs> you have, you have no freedom to at least take this decision of, okay, I want to be a freelancer now. Like I want to do this. Like you have to keep working, doing, it. doing the same thing and that's it. So that's a form of slavery. And his father also used to receive the same beating. Um, so he started thinking about this whole thing. He got detached. And then he started feeling empathy towards his father. Like he's a character. Anton is a character. They both received some kind of, well, bad treatments. But then when, when he got detached and he felt this empathy, he also started worrying about his brothers because they're not thinking about this now, especially that they're living with their father again. So it's, it's probably they're going through the same cycle of being resentful to their fathers and being resentful to themselves and having a low self-esteem so he moved to moscow he started um setting a good example for his brothers so he started also providing for them he started um giving them books and uh questioned their philosophical beliefs and uh he he had a big issue with alexander and that that was his brother but he used to really hate his father and he also started developing the same traits of his father, like drinking alcohol so much, being resentful and also disrespecting everyone in the house, including the mother who was just trying to defend them the whole time. But 
the good thing about this story actually is because um anton he did have the same circumstances that he was living in but then the way he started thinking about his father as a character of the story or um the way he started looking at life the way he started looking at his attitude he started realizing that he was sabotaging himself from doing a lot of things just because of this simple idea because when he when he realized that then he felt like joining the medical school he started writing more stories he started distributing his work he went and he left he lived with his brothers but he was able to find his father a new job he was able to provide for his brothers and set a good example for them and also he would never allow disrespect happening in the house so yeah the um Anton's story is, is a paradigm of um, what we face in life. Like we carry many traumas um, from childhood and many bad traits. But this is just an example to say that you can have the same circumstances that you're blaming the whole time. But the way you change your lens of seeing life or seeing people or seeing yourself and changing your attitude can help you overcome your inner self-sabotage. I don't know if you yeah, want to comment I, on this story. Well, I have a few things I was noting down when uh -huh. I was speaking because okay. I was thinking like, well, that's a really nice story. And also the, um, well, nice story. <laughs> <laughs> Good story for the, and, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, and also like the, the, the ending, I guess, like the, you know, the morale of it, it's very, the attitude change. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very, um, it's a very, um, it gets really to the core of the kind of solution, I think, of this, like beyond analyzing it, because I think I'm going to dissect it a little bit, but the, at the end of the day, this is, yes, it's the attitude change, that's how you get out of it. And I think, well, um, for the, the, the first thing is, like you said, his the way his father was treating him, right? Like, if we look at this from the perspective of like psychoanalytic perspective, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like um, there's this um family generational kind of pattern of behavior right mm -hmm. like so that his it's father was treated that way yeah. he's treating this son that way and obviously in this case what he's setting his, his son up for i mean this is like almost like uh, in a way perfect serfdom i mean it's like kiss my hand mm -hmm. get a beating yeah. don't do like just you know yeah be an obedient you know slave basically mm -hmm. right yeah, like yeah. and 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 yeah, the 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 putting this in a narrative now, like as a story, seeing your father as a character, yourself as a character. Yeah, this is a very interesting move, and in a way, it's like a fortunate thing, I guess, that kind of happened to mm -hmm. him. Where it's like a very interesting way to break out of that, because as you said, he had an empathy for him then. Mm -hmm. like he was able to manifest empathy towards his father, mm -hmm. which is actually how you. The thinking about yourself and this negative voice in your head, which in this case would be your, the father, mm -hmm. right? The way you would fight that is to actually transform it, right? And how you transform it, not by pushing it away or negating it, but actually by embracing. And like, there's also this thing where like you could like have a conversation with it, where like in, in, in well, some union therapists, they have this method where like, um, you sit down, um, so you have uh, two chairs, right? You sit in a room, you sit on one chair, and you 
talk from the well from your perspective and you say all your grievances everything that you're feeling towards this voice in your head right whoever it may be but you have to put it in an image so in this case it's a father right mm. so in a way you're already like the same thing with the character you're you're putting yourself and the father as a character so now you're telling everything that you're feeling to the father then you ha you get up you sit on the opposite chair and you respond from the perspective of the father so these internal because it's an internalized voice actually in your, it's mm. not your father mm -hmm. right like yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, a yeah, voice yeah. and your unconscious it knows every, like it knows that, that it that thing is there that this this image it's in your head and all you, in that case all you're doing is just channeling it so you're cha so now you're having a conversation with it and then this this kind of confrontation with it where and and a lot of the times the result of that is this feeling of empathy like you start feeling because now you have a conversation with it right like there has to be some reason why this voice is telling you the things that it's telling you right mm -hmm. like and at that point you start already like having this kind of yeah empathy towards it and then this is like the moment of transformation yeah. that happens yeah, and yeah, also yeah. in a lot of fairy tales you know a witch has a lot of treasure usually or something yeah. mm -hmm. right like there's mm -hmm. some or you know a dragon has treasure but yeah. a lot of the times all these these um negative characters that you're fighting with they're always hiding something you know, like that, that you want right so in that sense this transformation of the father becomes this treasure right through the yeah that's that's super interesting there is there is a quote by abraham lincoln he said um i don't like this guy i must get to know him better yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's the perfect example i think uh sometimes you see some figures in your life and it's not that they're bad or they're evil but you just didn't have enough time to actually think about their motives behind doing stuff or like their full story because you just judge how you feel about certain things but you don't you don't put yourself like i don't know the stoic approach would be like the overview which is like looking at the whole context and see what's actually happening there. And I just wanted to add a little bit about the, the story before. I think that it also embraces something that is called like the sins of the father, for example, that is like this generational behavior and patterns that are literally learned from the previous generation to the mm -hmm. newer and constantly like this, especially when we said before that when you're a kid, you see your parents like, you know, this like trust, this like, I don't know, maybe quote unquote hero type of thing. Mm -hmm. And when he received the beatings and he was like, kiss the hand, this type of thing, he was like, okay, this is, this is the norm. Yeah. This happens to my yeah. brothers. This happens yeah. to me. This is the norm. This is the way life is. This is the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And when he detaches himself, instead of being like, just repeating the pattern of just blaming the previous one, and doing the exact same to the other one, like his brother Alexander, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. was like starting to do. Yeah. He realizes that his father is also just another human yeah. that went through the same type of fucked up situation. Mm -hmm. And his way of reacting to this was just putting all of this in the shadow, the good things in the shadow on just being governed mm -hmm. by literally like the bad things. And without realizing that the father was literally just not only sabotaging himself because he was destroying his family, mm -hmm. like the source of income, his job, his store, um, his partner, which was his wife. He was just making everybody hate him, which is like separating themselves from love. 
which at the end of the day is the important thing. Like mm. if you want to like forgive yourself or like realize where this is coming from, you have to look at it in a, in approach of love. Mm -hmm. So what he did with his father was like, okay, he's human. Uh, he has a lot of issues. There's something wrong, but like not everything is his fault. And yeah. I'm not going to blame him from, from my side. I'm going to just give what he deserves love. Yeah. I don't know. Like that made them a sense of like growing as a person, you know, as an individual, as just like not only finding pointing fingers who to blame to just be able to like overcome this situation yeah which is why like it was a horrible story in a certain way but it was a, yeah. a beautiful ending yeah yeah, which yeah makes it cool yeah and before starting the podcast we had this come like the same conversation conversation sorry um about david goggins yeah and um well if you read the story of this guy he had a really bad childhood like he's insane yeah insane. i i can say that it's a bad childhood but well just to keep it brief one of the ways also to set himself free is having a conversation with his father when he overcome when he overcame all the issues that that he had and um feeling this kind of empathy or trying to understand the other person is always a good step to solve problems because if you just keep you know, like the easiest way to do stuff is just labeling people. Yeah. Like it's super easy to say, ah, I don't want to meet this person because he's yeah. toxic or like this person is envious or like this person is, uh, I don't know, he's not a good friend. Like when you put yeah. labels, it becomes just super easy to deal with things, but you just, you're, you're using the avoidant attitude, which is just like investing time on understanding the other person. Yeah, and you're self-sabotaging at the same time because you don't know what type of experience this person might actually bring mm. you or what type of knowledge you might actually learn from them. Yeah. You're literally just like seeing the door and being like, I'm going to keep it closed. And where is that yeah. going to take you? Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. Because you're not opening a new, yeah, yeah, a new yeah. way. You're just like, like, you know, like sitting in the corner. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, this would lead us to actually talk about the most common um, types of um, attitudes that can lead you to self-sabotaging yourself. And I just want to mention that um, this is from the uh, eighth chapter in The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. I would recommend anyone, everyone, <laughs> to read all his books. Like, this guy is amazing, and we might have him on the podcast one day hopefully fingers crossed yeah 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 <laughs> so in in robert green uh, in robert green's book um he mentioned the most common uh types of attitudes he basically he would define an expensive lens of seeing life which is well, we would say the positive one and the narrow one which would make you adopt some certain attitudes that would help you self-sabotage yourself mm -hmm. um so the example of Anton's, um, his father was hostile and um, Anton also started feeling this kind of hostility. So the hostile attitude is normally like they, they would have different um, childhood patterns, but some of them are punished by their parents or their environment and they see the world like full of hostility. Um, so they started becoming hostile themselves because they're going to receive the same thing. So that's that's a way of dealing with, with your environment. And um, 
I would say um, Robert Greene said actually one of the ways to overcome this hostile attitude is just trying to switch your lens and instead of assuming stuff, for example, okay, um, I have this belief that everyone is hostile towards me. But if you start just ingraining some kind of positivity, like, okay, I'm meeting this person, he's actually kind, he's, he's smart, like you start just switching a bit your lens, you, you will start seeing the good things about the other person. Because if you're just keeping this negative lens, that's all you're going to see. Yeah. Which is, it, 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 shapes, it shapes your attitude and it shapes the way you see life, basically. The anxious attitude, and I would say I connect a bit with this anxious <laughs> attitude. Um, just because they have also this uh, perfectionist ex um, excuses of not doing stuff which is also what was sabotaging me from starting the podcast, basically. But they, this, this kind of attitude, they, um, like people with the same attitude, they anticipate all kinds of obstacles and difficulties. And um, they expect criticism and betrayal. And um, they would disguise this attitude with like, perfectionism or like I want to do things the best way basically yeah. but it's it's just like thinking about yeah this project might fail or like I'm not good enough to do this or like I don't have enough knowledge to start working on this project for example stuff like this um, but actually I think my personal cure to this is just asking this question what's the worst that can happen with yeah. something I learned from a rapper called Russ, his mother used to ask him the same question. And when I heard it, I was like, true, whenever I want to start something now, I'm just like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And about the podcast, the worst that can happen is me just getting knowledge. Like, let's say this is not getting distributed. We don't have audience. We're still having the same conversations yeah. that we normally have in cafes. We're just talking about the same topics. The plus that we have is put in actually effort in doing this and doing more research, which is good for us. So it's not even like a bad scenario, right? Yeah, 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 of course. And, <laughs> yeah, going. I keep questioning why I was sabotaging <laughs> myself the whole time, but yeah. Um, there is the avoidant attitude. That's really interesting because they, they see life with this lens of insecurities and they have a lot of doubts about their competence. And it, it translates to self-opinion we as human beings we normally have a lot of um we have a self-opinion about ourselves we would like to believe that we're super smart we're super good we're super ethical we don't do any bad things and if this belief is kind of challenged we would like to just avoid doing anything that would threaten our beliefs right so with the avoidant attitude they feel threatened if this self-opinion is is challenged and we brought this example of like, okay, let's say I'm so good at, um, I don't know, like any kind of example. I'm so good at sales, right? And there is a sales challenge, like you have to sell a pen in front of like a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would avoid going there just not to challenge my self-opinion as a really good salesperson. Yeah, which is which is a real form of self sabotage. Like I've seen this this cases like many times of just like okay, I would avoid doing this just because 
I would like to keep believing that I'm so good that I don't want to put myself in a situation of like sitting with Aslan and Adriano and maybe they will say something uh, smarter than me and they would <laughs> outshine me. So I would rather just not do Which the podcast with these very guys. Often, exactly. That's why I just mentioned it. <laughs> but you get it. Like yeah. you would you would feel outshined if um, your self opinion is is challenged, right? So um, we have two more attitudes. He also mentioned something about the depressive attitude. Its origins is normally um, from childhood. And um, they experience like not being loved or respected by, by their parents. And they also anticipate like loss and abandonment. They anticipate all these, uh, well, again, bad <laughs> things. And... The interesting thing is that they feed their depression. Like afterwards, it, it, it becomes part of them. And it's something that they need to satisfy. They need to feed their depression. So I, I see this also as uh, vulnerable narcissism, which um, something we're going to discuss also in one of the next episodes. But they also use people as instruments just to feed their needs of attention and love. But they they never get satisfied. Like they would just bring you into this dramatic world. And honestly, like Robert Greene is so explicit about this. He's just like <laughs> avoid these people. Yeah. Like, like don't try. Away. Don't try to cure them <laughs> because he knows that these people are attractive in the sense of we as humans will thrive collectively and we would like to help people so we can feel good about ourselves. Yeah. It's always a selfish motive. Yeah. yeah. So when you see someone who's depressed, you're like okay, I'm going to be this guy who's going to save this person, you know? But then you just, you become helpless, first of all. So it affects your confidence and um, your self-esteem. But also you get dragged into this depressive world, which is, well, we're dealing with a lot of things. We don't want to keep uh, dealing with some toxic environments <laughs> like these. So that's that's why he says clearly, like, just try to avoid these people. The last attitude is, um, I feel that I'm pronouncing attitude in a French way. No. Attitude, attitude, well, attitude. I would like yeah, to say yeah, to the well. audience, first of all, <laughs> none of us are from an English speaking country. So yeah. <laughs> be patient sometimes. Okay, I'm not going to be sabotaging <laughs> myself about All right, mispronouncing any word. I'm just going to yeah, keep yeah. going. <laughs> the French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for this specific attitude, um, they also didn't have, well, that's, that's a real issue, like parental love. That's uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the root of many bad traits, let's say. Um, but people with resentful attitude, they also look for attention. They look for recognition. And uh, also, they're kind of like, you would be you would be really concerned being with these people because they also develop some psychological um, strategies to disguise their resentment so they can smile in your face they can be super kind to you but they actually they're super resentful like they would be scanning your nonverbal cues the whole time they would be questioning if you're doing like anything would threaten their insecurities they would be thinking about you the whole time, like just scanning you, just seeing everything that you might say as a kind of insult, for example. 
Um, do you have any comment yeah. I saw you yeah. taking notes? Yeah, for sure. Um, now nah, I was also just writing all of them down. It's very interesting. I mean, I think um, big part of this also. I mean, the 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 different all of these attitudes is also that we're so multidimensional as people. Mm. It's it's almost like well, sometimes you know, talking about the expansive and the the both, narrow the narrow yeah. view. Like I think the narrow view. I mean, it's like I think it's kind of. Um, default natural way to go about things like this narrow view where you just focus on one thing mm -hmm. like one dimension mm -hmm. because like people are so like multi-dimensional we have all of these different attitudes and personalities inside of us in a way where all of them have their own um needs and their own like um interests in mm -hmm. a way right like for example the 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 one with um the depressive attitude where mm -hmm. you kind of yeah it kind of well becomes in a way where you start trapping yourself and like feeding this negativity mm -hmm. into your own life as a person with the depressive attitude where like i'm actually worried if the camera is still recording can you check since you were sending up <laughs> <laughs> is it it's black here okay that means it's not recording. Yeah, maybe. But let's let's keep going because we have the audio recorded, so it's okay. fine. Okay. Well, we can fix it. I mean. No, fine. no, no. We can All just right. keep going. Um. Yeah. The 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 depressive attitude. It's like um, when you like one good example is this when when people are looking for ways to confirm their pre-existing um idea or they're like let's say you you don't like the way you look and you've been criticized about it so then it almost becomes this thing where you're you're unconsciously gonna look for it elsewhere in the world so you're gonna actually in a way your unconscious is gonna trap you so and self-sabotage you again so it's it's gonna put you in situations where you are most likely to be criticized this is also like very interesting because it's like you you're gonna ask certain questions that are gonna make you upset about yourself and then like this question the classic thing where you ask the, the wife asks the husband do i look fat in this dress <laughs> it's it's a it's yeah. and it's everyone's like this thing it's like it's like a trap question yeah. like you're you're fucked no matter what you say yeah, right? yeah. like no other the answer. yeah <laughs> and 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 that's kind of also it could be an example of where you know the the person who's asking that question is looking unconsciously for something that's gonna hurt them because that's what they're used to mm. and mm. and 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 then they feed that and then it gets it's like a loop then mm -hmm. at that point yeah and I, yeah I thought that was like very interesting relation with the with the dep depressed and then you get depressed about it I mean it's it's like a, um. And yeah, obviously, like also, yeah, as you said, like helping people with this issue is also extremely difficult. I mean, it obviously can manifest in many different ways. But yeah, kind of no matter what you do, it's almost like they already expect it. They, they set everything up where they're already like going to self-sabotage themselves and drag you down with them mm, as mm, well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah um yeah i i just want to say something i think that it's really important if if someone is really um like connecting with any of these traits or they feel that they see themselves in these kind of attitudes also not to have this guilt complex of like okay we're bad people or like 
we're super toxic. Good thing to mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the main idea behind this is to understand the roots and we all as kids we're not rational so we just adopt some psychological strategies and some um, some defensive mechanisms that gonna help us go through life with no suffering because that's like you just want to survive as a child you just mirror people and you just find something that it's gonna work for you like I know many people that like use just um, they would be always like funny and smiley, but they're hiding a lot of suffering behind them because they feel that it's the only coping mechanism they can use, um, which is, again, not a bad thing. But also it's good to be aware that um, your inner child cannot be judged by the mechanisms you developed during life. But also as as an adult or someone who want to improve themselves, it's also good to understand that you have a choice now since you're aware of this and you can basically overcome self-sabotage or overcome these traits um, through, again, changing the lens by which you see life and changing your attitude and stop blaming circumstances. <laughs> yeah. And, and like huge part of this also is like, I think that's good that you mentioned that because I was also like, I mean, we, we touched upon this a little bit, the empathy part. But I think like also, you know, it's we talked about empathy like towards this um, this negative voice, but it could also be, you know, like the main thing is empathy towards yourself as well, because like this part of the about the shadow as well, let's mm. say, where, you know, you 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 have blaming yourself for these things that you've done. Right. Or things that happen to you. You're like overly critical of yourself. I think uh, the 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 like really core way of approaching this is also empathy towards yourself. Correct. And I think it's mm -hmm. good to mention that as well because obviously, like by you know, if you think about it, like okay, this is wrong with me. This is wrong with me. The, yeah, so many things yeah. it can yeah. get yeah. you yeah. down. So like, I think the the good, the important thing to to know is that like you have to approach yourself with empathy in this case because you're only human, and it's this is also. I mean. I think everyone suffers from these issues. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. such a mm -hmm. common thing yeah, yeah. one way or another. If you are a human being who is growing up in a culture, whatever it may be, you're going to have these issues one way or another. And a big part of it is also, um, you know, it's a part of, a, of your journey of individuation or reaching your fullest potential, um, whatever it may be. I mean, if you're not... Like if you're already at your peak, there's no there's no striving towards anything. There's no journey, right? Life is at that point. Life is kind of meaningless, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so it's like um this is a good way to approach it with empathy, and this is your journey. And mm -hmm. in Jungian psychology, also we can I mean go much deeper into this in other episodes. But shadow integration is actually in well in Jungian psychology, it's the first step towards individuation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the easiest because it's like the thing that's kind of on surface, on the surface. Like you don't have to dig that deep to understand that, okay, yeah, like there are things about me that I repress or things, negative things that I don't like to think about that I do. Um, but like the, the way to do it is to first become aware of them and then to accept them. And to do that, you need to have empathy towards yourself. It's mm -hmm. uh, that's the kind of the key for, for that. And, and shadow integration is the first step towards this, but you know, and, and different um, people, you know, intellectuals or psychologists or people who write about these things, 
they have different namings, right? For these things like you're reaching your true potential or your, you know, like your peak. Uh, like in, in, in union, it's like um, the, the, the individuation. The, the Ubermensch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and individuation is basically like integrating all these parts of yourself that are unknown. Mm-hmm. And the second one after the shadow is the... I'm going kind of off topic, but mm-hmm. it's it's the it's fine. You I, have I one minute for going this. with this. Maybe somewhere <laughs> interesting, um, the the well the the feminine and masculine aspects of yourself. Because for, mm. for men, it's it's something like a masculine aspect, uh, a feminine part of you that's probably repressed, mm-hmm. probably something that you need to integrate in. And after the shadow, that's something that you work on i mean in normal life this kind of happens naturally where you encounter situations which require you to integrate this otherwise it's like a blockage and you can't move on like you can't spiritually develop as a person um and yet for women it's the masculine aspects the the anima and obviously men and women have these or both of these to a certain degree but because of the biological and cultural um, environment that we grew up in it's set up in a certain way where men usually are repressed in the feminine aspect of themselves mm-hmm. and women are in the masculine aspect. So yeah, I think um, that's like a really good good way to also maybe talk about some of the ways we can um, tackle, some of the practical ways we can tackle the self-sabotage behaviors that we're doing and how we can fight them. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, so actually the main two questions for this will be like how to stop sabotaging yourself and the, the the principle, the main one will be why do we sabotage ourselves? Mm. For example, um, well, we made this research with Dr. Be- Debbie Silber. She is the CEO and founder of the PBT Institute, which is the post-betrayal transformation. Um, she states the following when it comes to like self-sabotage, that it is like um, a behavior that is repeated. So it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. It's a habit that you constantly do it to yourself. And why do we do it to ourselves? Because change is scary. Changing our habits is scary. Changing our personalities is scary. Changing our way of how our models operandi, the way we, we tackle the situations is very scary. Like the comfortable and the familiar, even if the comfortable and familiar is shit, it is nicer than change. You know, like in a subconscious way, like people are very like entangled to their to their habits to their to their known to whatever they already know again we're always resistant even though we know that it's not leading us to anywhere good but we're resistant because it's just ingrained in us so yeah this fear of change it's 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 a good example of self-sabotaging yeah and that's what she says like it's so much easier to sabotage sabotage ourselves like to keep ourselves numb as we were saying before like Mm -hmm. with alcohol drugs even another type of aspect will be like overwork you know like Mm -hmm. a workload that is like unstoppable the only thing you can do is just work 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 so you really don't have no time for yourself to be a better person, to do the things that you like, because you're just only focusing on work. That, that's a way of self-sabotaging mm. yourself at the same time. Yeah. Be- yeah, because thinking is hard, right? Mm. The story that you said, like that, that you told before, it was until he detached himself that actually started to think about the situation that he was mm. in. In the yeah. meantime, he was just accepting it because thinking is hard. Mm-hmm. Change is even harder. Yeah. So like doing something that it will be like changing everything from your life is is very 
is very like it's a risk taking for the individual. So she, for example, states, and literally I will quote this from her, that there is that moment that where the pain that you feel where you are from is greater than the fear of the unknown. That's when you actually do the mm. jump. Mm. When you realize, like, you know, when you have this light bulb, it's like, okay, I cannot stand this anymore. Like, I need to do something about it. And just to say something about this, there's always, like, for example, this situation where it isn't that good, but it isn't that bad either. Mm. This is like the worst possible outcome for any human being because it's not that good to actually do something about it, but it's not that bad to actually try to change it. So like you're just stuck there, you know, this is very it, common it, in a relationship. It becomes a comfort zone. Yeah. It becomes your comfort. Yeah. 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 And this is, this is horrible because then you're just stuck there mm. and you don't realize it. And you're just like repeating the same patterns in your head, in your life, in your daily habits and nothing will change. But at the same time, you're miserable. Mm -hmm. So well, until you, that actually like, like makes that click in your mind. And then you have these ideas of like getting out of your comfort, of your comfort zone. That's when life begins. And she talks about like being fueled by this, by your own ideas. Mm -hmm. And she states that there's like five stages for actually like mm -hmm. learning how to stop sabotaging yourself. Um, I'm going to read them mm -hmm. literally. Yeah. This one is like stage one, which is ignoring your gut, your gut instinct that something is wrong because you know deep inside that is wrong, but you're just, you're not putting on the yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. And focusing only on the physical and mental. So it's like literally work, just surviving this day, like what I'm going to do TV. This is all like, just like distractions. And you're not putting like what is more important, the emotional and the spiritual, the emotional in like, why am I feeling this way? And the spiritual in a way is like, what I'm doing is actually feeling my spirit this is actually like, you know, like giving me the, the self-fulfillment. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is what I was putting this life to do. I mean, like, it is a very difficult question to ask, right? Because mm -hmm. like, but at least you know that it isn't, you may not have the yes, but at least you know the no as an answer, right? Because this is not what you were putting this earth to do. Mm -hmm. So you have to go there and actually like look for it. So the stage two is that you're blindsided. You're blindsided, you, you, you like a horse, you know that they put these things on the sides and you're only like seeing straight. You don't see like the entire panorama of everything that is mm. like surrounding yourself with or the environment that you are in. Then the stage three will be the practical stage, basically you break them off and you put yourself into the practice mode. It's like, what do I have to do to overcome this? And you're going to have some fails. And for example, it's like many like, um, drug addicts or alcoholics say like relapses. This is that stage when you're like actually fighting, grasping, like, you know, mm -hmm. the wall and like going up and up and then maybe you fall, but you keep like practicing until you actually re like reach the stage four, which is like ad adjusting to your new normal. When you know that, okay, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is how I want it. How am I going to like keep it? Like, how, I'm gonna, how am I going to keep myself in here? Mm. Now you have to adjust certain things, you know, like for example, I don't know, changing boots for coffee, you know, like changing little, 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 little habits, mm. like waking up early, like actually doing exercise, like reading more books like m moving your inspiration, like cutting your toxic, like relationships, whatever that may be. 
Yeah, I, I just want to mention something that can be helpful in that process is actually um, defining a minimum success rate. So um, if you want to switch your habits or you want to build like new habits, think about the minimum success rate and um, also try not to um, not to restrict it with time, but with yeah. actions. Yeah, yeah. So instead of saying like, okay, I want to start with reading um, like one hour daily, think about like, okay, I want to do five pages a day. Yeah. Like try to assign yourself to do some small tasks. And again, like this is, this is aligned with the atomic habits. Um, it's, it's actually a good book. And, um, if I can summarize it, I would say just try to become 1% better every day. Yeah. And that's, that's the goal. So instead of overwhelming yourself with this, um, the person you want to become, um, just maybe start with some small tasks that you can do on a daily basis and eventually they're going to help you like reach this habit goal that you have instead of reading um, every day five five pages because you're going to get super used to it. You're going to enjoy reading afterwards so you're not going to feel it until you get in this flow state and read actually for three hours without feeling that it's... Yeah that it's overwhelming or like it's something I need to do. And if I don't do it, then I'm guilty and I beat myself up because I'm not doing it. Yeah. Actually, thank, uh, thank you for like bringing that up because like in that book, like the, the stack, like habit stacking, mm -hmm. like the same thing that you're talking because I, like before we're creatures of habit. Yeah. You know, like and even unconscious, we're creatures of habit. Yeah. So once you realize this and you're like, okay, this is my habit. How can I change it? Then he calls something about like stack habit. For example, if you like like drinking coffee in the morning, well, why don't you drink your coffee and you read those five pages of the book? Because you're gonna like put together this amazing good thing. That's uh, that's classical conditioning. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's just like following up the topic of maybe giving you some hints or nuts, like to where actually you can start. Mm -hmm. I hope it's 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 helpful, because after like going back into the stages. Because stage five is the rebirth. And when she means about the Ooh, rebirth. Yeah. That's the rebirth. Cool. Yeah, like a phoenix, right? Monster reborn. Yeah, exactly. That's when you actually have changed. Because you have actually like swapped the old and put the new and You just have to keep feeding it. Because of course, it's not like I have done it. That's it. No, life is not that easy, guys. Mm. Um, you have to work every day on everything that you want to do and it's still like working and succeeding yourself don't forget that even all habits then like have a tendency to coming back so you just have to like keep working on them and when it comes to like sabotaging yourself like after everything we just talked and a lot of more information that we didn't even like grasp or had the opportunity to grasp don't forget that at the end of the day is still a behavior still something enrooted in yourself mm -hmm. it's like deep inside of yourself like you have to realize this before you want to change it and that's like in everything in life you can just expect like changes to come from nowhere without actually like sweating crying working from it you know what i mean like if you want it, go and get it. But of course, it's not as easy as said as it is done. But there is a way. There's not only dark, like there's light at the end of the path. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's why, like, I think we wanted to talk about these like five stages. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we are definitely sure there's many other ways 
and many other things that you can like research on how to stop sabotaging yourself. Guys, we live in a, in a century where knowledge and research is very easy and accessible. Like just come back and listen to our podcast for, for example, <laughs> but, but like, um, I think it's very important that everyone does their own thing at the same time, you know? Yeah, I think these are like good stages to put it in like a general way for everyone dealing with self-sabotage. But again, uh, again, every um, everyone who's dealing with self-sabotage, they need to try to understand also their attitudes. Like the previous ones we just explained, like, are they resentful to the world and that's why they're self-sabotaging themselves? Are they using perfectionism as an excuse, which I used to do like multiple times? And it's super common that it's also interesting that for one idea, one project, like the podcast, the three of us, we self-sabotaged ourselves yeah. in a way. Yeah. So, and that's only one thing. So imagine all the things that we, on a daily basis, we self-sabotage ourselves from doing. Like, I don't know, not talking to a person or like not going to the gym because we can make excuses of, okay, I need to spend time doing that, but actually you like you don't do anything beneficial afterwards or yeah uh also i think i want to mention something about um setting small goals so um i'm gonna quote nietzsche um he says um they fear their higher self because when it speaks it speaks demandingly and whenever you think about the best version of yourself or uh, where you want to see yourself in, I don't know, like 10 years or 20 years, you think about this, like you start visualizing a perfect person with no flaws, with a lot of money, with yeah. a lot of knowledge, like all of these um, like um, good aspects of life that, that you want to reach. And then you think about the process of going through all of that to reach this level and then you're just overwhelmed. You're like, damn. You know, it's super difficult and you start self-sabotaging yourself again. So think about a short time frame and think about maybe small projects that you can do or small tasks, like instead of, again, that's that's related to the minimum success rate, but instead of saying, um, okay, I, I want to, I don't know, give me examples, guys. I'm struggling. Like a that. big, uh, something big or something small? No, like instead of saying that I want to reach something really big, I would think about reaching something that is really small. Let's, like, let's say, for example, if you're a bodybuilder and you want to have an Arnold Schwarzenegger's body, don't, yeah. don't even think you're going to have it in the, in the next four months, guys. Yeah. But you know what you can do is like start going to the gym every yeah. fucking day. Yeah, lift, the, guys. Guys, lift. Exactly. In the first four months, that's a good process. You know, that's a good way of actually like getting closer to where you want to be exactly. because you cannot jump from like, okay, I'm starting here. This is my end goal. How can I make this shorter? It doesn't work like that, mm. but like start with little, like, you know, like stone by stone, it, it builds a wall. So yeah. 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 I, I just remembered something from an interview of Eminem actually. <laughs> so I, I listen to rap a lot and I might use a lot of uh, rap references, but this idea of also getting influenced by other people without them knowing that they're influencing us in a bad way. It's also super interesting because, well, Eminem talked about his self-sabotage, like he was self-sabotaging himself 
when you when he heard like some really good rappers like i don't know i think he was referring to uh ll cool j or like these yeah. these old rappers but he said like he used to think like ah oh, fuck i cannot write something like this or like i cannot rhyme the same way like we yeah. all know now like eminem skills but imagine if he just kept self-sabotaging himself the whole time and like yeah i cannot reach this level of like i cannot be an mc like this i cannot flow like this but then he released rap god in which he proved that he has enough skills to like beat anyone and uh in the industry like lyrically yeah lyrically wise and whoever gets in a diss with him they basically disappear um sorry mgk but this is this is the truth this is the truth right so yeah i, I think i also um had experiences like these and i think many people suffered from this bad influence when they want to especially like master a specific thing like i want to be a really good designer and then because you want to study these masters you want to study these designers you look at their work and you're like there is no way i can be that creative you know there is no way i can do this and then you just start sabotaging yourself and maybe you can give good yeah. examples as a designer <laughs> but that's <laughs> that was the yeah. example i had uh, in mind <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think like for me, one thing that kind of helps me is the, the realization that, well, you are you, I mean, I'm, mm. I'm, mm. The, I'm not, mm. good stuff. I'm not yeah. those, I'm, I'm like, I have my own path, you know? And I think that's something that if you are looking up to a specific person or like, it could be also an image that's personified mm -hmm. but if i think if you're looking at at that you can use it as a source of motivation and i think that's what i do but don't let that overpower you because don't let that scare you away and this is also part of it like be having a stronger ego mm. hang, having a stronger like just personality like you can actually you're like you're not letting things overpower you so in that case for me what helps is like yeah understanding that I have my own path and then you can set those goals that like how do I actually like get there right? how do I advance mm -hmm. right and then you can say okay like I want to achieve this thing right and then you can break it down further I mean you can really break it down however much you want really you can go as small you know we're talking about like atomic habits right mm -hmm. like tiny things that you can do and I think once you break that down doing those small things it's slowly going to get you to where you want to be. And I think, um, yeah, but the key for me really is just like talking about this like scary, yeah, like uh, bodybuilder, like I want to achieve yeah. this kind of body. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, you like the, I think key thing is really like having this understanding that you have your own path. Like you're not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you're great in other ways, mm, equally yeah. great. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's like um, this kind of black and white thing that can happen to you where you're like, it's either that or nothing. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. there are so many, like it's so many gradations. And I think, yeah, like it's it's very much connected to this perfectionism thing where you're like, mm -hmm. you know, you're not letting yourself to even go out and put yourself in a situation, a vulnerable situation or uncertain situation where you have the opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. right like it, unless you actually go out and do it like go to the gym yeah right? you're not gonna know even your potential you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. like yeah. so yeah i think um 
that's uh, I think that's a really good uh, way to end it. No, you want mm-hmm. to add something more? Or? Uh, not really, Adriano. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I agree with you. I think it's a good way to end it. I would like to say something to the audience. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, don't forget the name, the Human Library. Um, we're gonna get with you with much, much content and much topics, and also eventually we're gonna find a way of incorporating your your side on questions into our project. Mm-hmm. So be a little bit patient. Patient. Don't forget this is episode number one. Um, again, thank you both of you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate. Thank you guys. It. Appreciate it. And that's it. That's Have a wrap. A good one. Good stuff. Yay. Done. Woo. Yeah. I'm sorry. I needed to stand up to pee. I couldn't take it anymore. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> I, I think that's fine. Okay.